Hello and welcome to TNT, the commentary podcast where we cover everything from pop culture, hot topics, politics, and societal questions and issues. I am your host, Micah McKenzie, and today marks our very first episode of the three-part Back to School special, where we will be exploring what it is going to be like returning to in-person learning in the aftermath of COVID-19. Now, we've got a lot of special guests, good conversations, and great tea, so let's jump right on in. For today's episode of TNT, as part of our Back to School special, I am so glad to welcome you guys and introduce you all to my cousin and one of the best teachers I know. Uh, Her name is Asia, and her students know her as Ms. Clanton, and she's going to be on here to talk about what it is going to be like to return back to the classroom to do in-person learning after COVID-19 and the pandemic. So Asia, if you would like to introduce yourself and just sort of Tell the audience a little bit about what you do, who you are. Thanks, Micah. Again, my name is Asia Clanton. Like she said, my students call me Miss Clanton. Um, I'll be going into my fourth year of teaching this year. I am an elementary school teacher. I've previously taught fifth grades and most recently third grade. This year I'll be teaching fourth grade. So new year, something new. I'm definitely excited and looking forward to that. So are you like a traditional elementary school teacher where you teach all subjects or are you just teaching one or two subjects? Um, So my first year of teaching, I strictly taught math and like science, social studies and health. Um, And then our school made a change. So kind of more towards the traditional setting where I teach everything. Okay, so that's cool. Um, So just to sort of give our viewers and listeners a little bit of background information as to what is happening, I'm sure like most of you all know that with this pandemic, a lot of parents have been forced to homeschool their children and help them in hybrid and online learning. But now with the vaccine, a lot of school districts are moving in towards a more hybrid in-person type of learning module. Um, And for our state, Maryland, Baltimore County, um, and Baltimore City have moved into voluntary in-person or hybrid. You can still be virtual if you want to, but you have to do a special registration process to do that. Um, And along with this push for in-person learning, of course, there has been a lot in the media discussing things around mask mandates. Um, I'm sure plenty of you all have seen the viral videos of teachers and parents storming school board meetings, uh, protesting their children wearing masks, most famously uh, Lee Allen Baker, uh, Amy Duncan from Good Luck Charlie, if you're familiar with that show, uh, she came into her school board meeting and was protesting masks for her children. Um, But now that we have the vaccine, you know, everyone is trying to get vaccinated or decide whether or not they want to be vaccinated. But the problem is that a lot of parents are facing is that the vaccine as of right now is not available for children under the age of 12, which is specifically in that elementary school range, which is where Asia is teaching us. She is an elementary school teacher. And we've also recently discovered that the new variants that are out, Delta and Lambda, seem to be more easier for children to catch as a lot of children have recently come down with the Delta and Lambda variant. So Asia, with all of this that's going on and we just sort of discussed, how are you feeling as a teacher? Like, do you feel like right now is the best time to return to the classroom for in-person learning? Um, That's definitely a challenging and tricky question to answer. Um, And I've kind of been where I'm at 
the entire, I wouldn't say the entire pandemic, but like towards um, the beginning of last school year. So I definitely am constantly worrying about the health and safety of myself, my students, their parents and families, my colleagues and their families. Um, and with all the new variants that are out and even when COVID was still, or it still is alive and real, but when we were first exposed to it, um, it was definitely something really scary. I had a lot of students who didn't necessarily experience it themselves, but um, a lot of their family members were getting sick. So like just the hesitancy of going back into the building then was still scary. Um, and even still now it's scary, like you said, the vaccine isn't available for children 12 and under. And that's the population that, um, that I serve. Um, so while I am worried about health and safety on the same, um, same hand, like I've seen how much um, students have not necessarily lost or missed, I'm trying to think of the right word, um, how much the pandemic has had um, somewhat of a negative impact on student learning. Um, last year, they were so excited to be able to see their teachers and friends again on a consistent basis. The engagement and energy was there. So like delivering lessons was also, although it was done in a different um, delivery model, it was still engaging. I found that as the school year went on, it became harder and harder to still keep those students focused. So like you would find that where they were doing really well at the beginning, let's say for example, in math, um, we would go back to review topics that we learned at the beginning of the year toward the middle of the year. And they, it was almost like reteaching everything again, like they hadn't, they didn't remember how to, um, how to do it. So that, that's kind of where I am with it. Like, I think going back into regular in-person learning will definitely benefit them academically but I'm also very concerned about the, that health piece as well. Yeah, I definitely understand you on that point. And I also agree, like even just from the college perspective, like retention for me this past semester, even though I was on campus, because fall semester I was at home, but I was doing online learning. Um, and I was on campus and I did online learning uh, for spring semester. But if you were not taking like really good notes and if you didn't ask your teacher for the recording, like it was hard, even if you did every weekly assignment, it was hard to sort of retain that information. And I think that part of like the retainment process is actually like just sitting in the class and like watching your teacher do it and like absorb it. Whereas you're online, you know, you can turn your camera off. If it's enough students, your teacher is not gonna know that your camera is off and then you can be on your phone, do all this other stuff. So like you have a lot more distractions. Whereas when you're sitting in front of your teacher in the class, like you can't get away with so much stuff. So I definitely understand like your um, issues and like concerns with retention for your students, especially because like they're learning such fundamental stuff they're gonna need for a middle and high school. Um, but you did mention some precautions and sort of resources that uh, your school district is providing. So what exactly do you feel like they are giving you to help ensure the safety and health of your students, the staff and like the greater school community? Like what steps have been taken to ensure that? Um, so in the particular district that I work in, 
Um, last week, our superintendent came out and made the statement that all staff um, had to be vaccinated. And if they chose not to you know, receive the vaccine, then they had to um, agree to weekly or routine testing. He didn't necessarily say in that memo how often it would be. He just said routine testing. Um, so that's one thing that's been put in place by our county. He also reactivated um, the mask mandate. So students have to wear masks, students and staff have to wear masks in the buildings, um, except for when eating lunch. Um, and then social distancing isn't as possible um, this year as it was last year when we didn't have all of the students in the building at one time because it's kind of hard to be socially distant when you have 20 to 25 kids in a small classroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, social distancing isn't, you know, isn't going to be a thing, but they also are still providing the hand sanitizers throughout the building and classrooms, sanitizing wipes, um, and additional face masks. And just an extra precaution that I was going to do as a teacher, I plan on setting up my own health and safety and like sanitizing station with extra masks, extra wipes, um, hand sanitizer and tissue. And fortunately this year in my classroom, I have a sink and water fountain in my classroom. So students <laughs> don't have to go out to, you know, use the, unless they have to go to the bathroom, of course, but like they can constantly, not constantly, but frequently wash their hands in the building. If it's a situation where they're like coughing or sneezing, they can easily go over to the sink in our classroom and clean themselves up and return to learning versus having to go out in the, to the bathroom in the hallway where a lot more students are kind of convening and sharing that space as it'll be easier for me to at least supervise and make sure that I'm keeping it clean um, just for their safety and my safety as well. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm, I'm glad that you have um, a sink. I've never really been in a classroom unless it was like a science lab that had a sink. So I'm glad that you have access to that. Um, so what do you think that the precautions that they have provide, do you feel like it's enough, like it's the best that they can do at this time? Like, cause from what you described to me, it sounds like everything is in line sort of with what the CDC has put out. Like, I, I don't really, from what it sounds like, it doesn't seem like they can be doing much more um, with the parameters that they have given out for you guys. So do you feel comfortable and? Um, I feel pretty comfortable. The only thing I would say that I'm somewhat worried about um and I haven't gone back to work yet so I'm I'll go back this week and I'm sure all of our first two-day meetings are going to be filled with lots of information about the logistics of things um but I know last week when I was talking to my administration they were discussing um what the board was going to do about like lunch like how students were going to eat lunch so that kind of concerns me mm -hmm. um you know just them are they still going to be separated in the cafeteria or are they going to sit at tables like they used to before um, the pandemic without masks on? Um, so that's one thing that concerns me, just like the eating without the mask. And the school that I actually work at, we provide free breakfast for all students and they eat that breakfast in the classrooms. So just thinking about, you know, how that's going to work. That's really the only thing that scares me, but I'm not really sure, like you said, I'm not really sure what else they could do to provide, you know, better precautions with having a, the same number of students in the building um, or a greater number of students in the building at one time versus what it was like 
in the spring when we had hybrid learning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think with this push into in-person learning, it sounds like, you know, they're really doing the best that they can with the parameters that they've set up. So I feel like, at least from what you told me, I can't really see anyone really asking for more unless, you know, we have another outbreak and there's a need to go back to either hybrid or virtual learning. Uh, but how do you plan on, you know, reassuring students or parents about, I guess, the safety of your classroom in particular? Um, that's a great question. So fortunately, again, in the district that I work in, I know some places do, some places don't. Um, before school starts, we actually have an open house where students and parents can come in to see their classrooms, meet the teacher before the school year even kicks off. Um, and of course, our classrooms have to already be set up and ready. Um, so one way I plan on reassuring parents is, you know, having that sanitizing station already set up and ready so that they see, okay, the school has this going on, but Ms. Clanton also has her own thing going on to make sure that she's doing her best to keep all of the children um, in my classroom safe. And as far as, far as students, um, this year is going to be a lot of reteaching and relearning a lot of things because I have some students that haven't been in the building since March 13th of 2020. And here we are in August of 2021. Um, so yeah, there's gonna be a lot of reteaching, just small things. Some of those small things can include how do we properly wash our hands? Like, what do we do when we have to sneeze? Like, it's just certain things that they've been at home for so long that they sometimes might have forgotten. I know that was a little bit of a struggle when I did have a small group of students in the building having to teach them, remember when you sneeze, you cover it with your elbow and not in your hand. So just small things, how I kind of plan on reassuring their safety. And, you know, of course, letting the parents know what my plans are. I mean, I feel like, especially with that open house, like it's one thing, I guess, for a teacher to say, this is what I'm doing or send a syllabus saying like, you know, this is what I have, but parents who take an the advantage of that opportunity to open house to actually come in and see your classroom and see what you're doing and the extra steps. I think that that will provide a lot of comfort, uh, hopefully, to those parents who are sending their children for in person learning. But we you talked a little bit about like loss of retention um, during this hybrid model and virtual learning. So what is something that you learned from virtual learning or teaching that you think that you can bring back into in-person learning this year? Um, so teaching virtually this year forced me and teachers all over the world country um, into using tech in, or incorporating technology into our learning. So there are lots of different resources and tools that I learned that my students really loved um, that I don't plan on using, you know, daily because we were on computers for a year. Um, but it's definitely something I plan on incorporating in like independent tasks when they aren't working with me in small group. Um, sometimes for assessment, I found that uh, different assessment tools that we use virtually, they enjoyed more and it wasn't as much pressure as the typical pencil and paper Um type of assessment. So I definitely plan on using some of those resources, especially things for like books, 
because it opens up my classroom library, which I feel like I have a pretty diverse classroom library. Um, it opens up that library even more to maybe some books that I may not be um, aware of. A lot of them really like the online uh, book resources that I use. So different things that I had from virtual learning, I definitely plan on incorporating within the regular classroom setting. Yeah, I definitely agree with you about like the assessments, at least for me. Um, I found that taking online assessments were a lot easier. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, like now I know that some people, at least on the university level, are thinking about possibly continuing um, recording lessons. Is that something that Baltimore County would allow you guys to do to record your uh, classroom lessons that way students can have the opportunity to go back and rewatch it if they are at home working on a homework assignment or would you be providing like maybe not an actual video of you actually being in class but maybe a separate video that you made as an online resource for your kids um that is not something that has been discussed um yet or something that we have heard of but i wouldn't be surprised if it was something that um like you said is already in the works that i'll be learning about soon um i know in our county for at least in ele the elementary school level mm -hmm. um we stopped making homework a requirement well not a requirement but yeah requirement and a grade so the homework that we do give students is um isn't the type of homework where they would need like that extra assistance. It would be something that they can um, easily do themselves. And one of the reasons that we took homework away um, is not all students have that support at home where they can get that extra help to do homework. So we didn't want to penalize those students that yeah. didn't, that weren't fortunate enough to have that, um, that extra help at home. Yeah, that's, that's understandable. Um, I remember when that decision came out and to me, like it didn't really make sense at the time, but now that you have explained it, that 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 makes perfect sense, um, especially now that we're in a pandemic and, you know, some kids like have parents who work in the medical field who may not be home to help them with their homework. Some kids have parents who may not have a job or don't have access to Internet or a laptop or anything like that, so they might not be able to even reach those extra resources if you were to provide them. So I definitely understand your feelings towards that. But after having a year of virtual and hybrid learning, what are you most excited about returning to the classroom and what are you least excited about? I am so excited for, to be able to recreate that sense of classroom community within my classroom. That's one big thing that I missed this year. Um, my administration, my coworkers can tell you, Ms. Clanton is all about relationships, relationships, relationships. And it, although I did make, you know, meaningful connections and relationships with my students virtually, it just wasn't the same um, as how it would have been in person. So I'm really excited to be able to recreate that sense of classroom community. Um, I'm excited to turn to a somewhat normal um, classroom because although some students thrived, virtually. There were also some students that had a really hard time being able to grasp the technology. So I'm able to, happy to be able to go back to being able to balance both um, things. And then I'm also excited to see the growth 
at the end of the year, like how much students, how much student progress, how much students have made, how much, what am I trying to say? I'm trying, I'm excited to see how much students have grown throughout the year, like their, um, their growth. Anything that you're not so excited about in returning to class? So speaking about growth, growth and change is very uncomfortable. So I guess I would be the least excited for when um, we do return and we get to those parts where we talked about retention before. Um, I know it's not going to be, well, it's never really easy for me to watch my students struggle because sometimes it, it, de it depends on the student. Sometimes it can be like something easy to work through. And then for other students, it's really, really difficult to be able to get through that productive struggle. Um, so I'm not too thrilled about that just because I know that that's going to be really rough. Um, and then also the constant fear and like worry around, okay, well, how long are we actually going to be able to do this is something that I'm not looking forward to, especially with these new variants popping up like left and right. And some people are still trying to carry life as normal. Um, that's one thing that I'm not, not too thrilled about. Yeah, I would say that that's, that's sort of like, how long are we are we gonna have this before it all comes crumbling <laughs> back down? Yeah, that's sort of how I kind of feel about returning to campus because it's like I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be in person and like actually see all of my friends for real, like not through a computer screen. But at the same time, I'm like, is this really gonna last all semester or is it gonna be how it was? when they sent us home in March for a two week spring break and turns out that you stay home for a year and a half. So like, I don't know. I like the pessimistic side of me is like, yeah, you probably only gonna be there until Halloween, like maybe that. But I'm hoping that we can actually get through the semester or maybe they'll do what they did last year, which was like to send us home after Thanksgiving. Like after everyone went home for Thanksgiving, you didn't come back until February just to like, so that way people were not there during flu season um but i don't know um i'm hoping that we can stay and have some resemblance of normalcy uh but it's still like that little voice in the back of my head that's like you know that it's not like that there's a there's a really like big possibility that in an instant everything is gonna fall Especially you're gonna have to come back home it just keeps increasing because and that's thinking back to what you said about precautions, that was something that my county um, put in place. Like if the state of Maryland or our county gets to a certain positivity rating, then we will return to like a hybrid model or depending on how high that positivity rating was, we would return back to fully virtual. So like just thinking about that in the back of my brain and watching the positivity rate increase, it's just like, all right, I'm doing all this preparation now. <laughs> how long do I have yeah I mean like so we talked a little about retention with your students but how do you think parents and teachers are going to adjust to being back to in-person learning like I'm not sure how it was interacting with parents and other faculty um through online I don't know if you want to talk about that first and then sort of talk about how you think it's going to be now that you're back in person um but just your thoughts on that um i think for all of us the beginning is going to be like 
I don't know. I think the beginning for all of us is going to feel very different. Um, there's going to be lots of questions, some questions that may have answers, some questions that may not have answers. Um, so I definitely feel like it'll be like starting over. Um, and I kind of talked about it before, as far as like teachers and students having to teach small routines again, like as simple as walking in the hallway. Now, when we're walking, we still want to give each other a little bit of space in the hallway. So like teaching things like that, they weren't used to walking with space between each other in the hallway before. Well, not, I wouldn't, don't want to make it seem like they were clumped up together, but yeah. you know, since we've been socially distant, like there's been a little bit more space. So just teaching small things like that. Um, and then as teachers, um, I've talked to a couple of my coworkers about like just the preparation that we have a few weeks, our last few weeks of summer leading into the school year. Um, one of my teachers was like, I'm nervous. Like this feels like the my first year of teaching all over again. And I really don't know what to expect. So just having teachers having that feeling and then I think for parents um, something that will be challenging for them is just being able they've had their babies at home with them for, since well some of them since March of 2020 so being able to just like release <laughs> again you know it might who know I don't I'm not a parent so who knows for them it might feel like send their kids off to kindergarten all over again even though they are in the fourth grade just you know that fear but yes. Do you think that like the parent teacher relationship is going to change at all? Or do you feel like that's something that's been pretty consistent regardless of whatever module you're learning in? Um, I think that it may change a little. I think last year during virtual teaching, um, well, at least in my case, it definitely um, made the parent teacher relationships that I have with my parents um, a lot better. And luckily this year, oh, you talked about being excited. I completely forgot to mention. Um, so last year I taught third grade. This year I'm teaching fourth grade. I'm fortunate enough to have some of those same students that I had last year. So being able to continue the relationships I have with them and their parents, um, I think it's a. I think it will be a positive change if, if anything, because parents have been home for so long. They've seen things that they might not have seen before, um, and I know. Personally, I was in constant communication with lots of parents because they they always had questions. And I tried to always have answers. Sometimes I had to put those questions on hold to go find the answers. Um, but I think that definitely blossomed um, beautiful parent-teacher relationships. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see how being virtual might help that parent-teacher relationship because you know some parents like can't get off of work to come do a parent-teacher conference but if you have the option to meet online you know that might be better um and just being online in general knowing that like you've got the online resources so i know that for me when i was in elementary school my parents did not always know um even if i had my textbook like they didn't always understand what it was i was learning and we didn't really have online resources like Khan Academy was just starting. So if it wasn't in a textbook or it wasn't in an extra book that my teacher recommended, like my parents did not know how to help me. So I definitely think that like, you know, being virtual and not necessarily that you were on call or on demand, because I, I know that that wasn't the case, but just knowing that, you know, you could schedule, possibly schedule a meeting with your teacher 
if needed and having the ease of it being online like everyone practically everyone now has a smartphone so like even if you don't have a laptop you can just zoom from your phone um but is that something that you think that you're probably going to continue like even as we return to somewhat of a normal classroom setting like being able to meet with your parents online um yeah i definitely think that it's something that i would continue it just would have to be like a something that would have to be approved i guess by administration because i don't want to be that one teacher that does it mm-hmm. and, and a kid that or t- a parent that has a kid in fourth grade and also has a kid in first grade wants to do the same thing with the first grade teacher but the first grade teacher doesn't want to do that so it definitely would have to be something um that my administration will be open to but i believe um just thinking I'm back on my administration, they're really open and transparent and they try to do whatever they can um, to help students, to help staff, to help parents. So if that's an extra resource that'll help parents to avoid having to take off work to come up for a meeting, I think that'll definitely definitely be a resource that, um, that we use. Because we had a, lot, a much bigger turnout of parent-teacher conferences this year, um, having them virtually versus when parents would actually have to come into the building. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think like, even just looking back on my experience, people whose parents came in, you know, or who were, you know, act, had some sort of relationship with the teacher. I don't want to say like they tended to do better, but mm-hmm. like the teacher sort of in a way knew how to better help them because like their parent was there as a resource to sort of like smooth things over if there was an issue. Um, but yeah, I hope that that is something that can continue for your students because I think that that is really important. If you don't have a good, if your parent doesn't have a good relationship with your teacher, sometimes like as a student, it can end up like hurting you either academically or socially. Um, but I hope that that is something that can happen regardless of whether you know you're able to meet with them virtually or in person. But since you are going back and you are starting, you said your fourth year? Mm-hmm, this will be my fourth year, seems do like. You have, <laughs> do you have any advice for other teachers, whether it's their first year teaching by themselves or just teachers in general for going back to in-person learning? Anything, tricks of the trade that you learn that you feel can be applicable to this situation? Um. So I guess I kind of talked about this before, but I guess I would start with saying, um, or my one piece of advice would be grace. We're all pretty much starting over. Um, Remember to be patient with your students. Remember to be patient with those parents, your colleagues, but most importantly, be patient with yourself because you're learning. You're kind of learning how to, do your job or not learning how to do your job all over again, but trying to get back into the groove of doing your job all over again. And if it is your first year teaching, um, welcome. Uh, (laughs) I definitely learned a lot during my first year. And I know for me, it was like, not learn as I go, but I picked up on different things. Don't be afraid to try something new. If you found this really cool idea and it's going really good for two weeks, And then that third week is getting rocky again. Like, don't get disappointed that it's getting rocky. You might just have to find something else that works for you. 
Um, and what works for others may not work for you. So if you're different, it's okay, be different. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that whole being patient with yourself because uh, that has been a really big learning curve for me. Um, I always thought that like, I could learn in any setting, but I've learned that I do much better in the classroom. I feel a lot more motivated to pay attention um, and to be more engaged with the material in the classroom. So that has been a learning curve for me, just like, it's okay if you don't understand something because you know, you're know you not able to be in the classroom and like get that special one-on-one -on -one attention. So sometimes, you know, you may have to go out and personally seek it out um, instead. You can't always rely on that classroom time and you know it's a learning curve so just be patient with yourself no matter what situation you're in um but i mean it sounds like asia you guys are doing everything you can to ensure the safety of your students the staff and families that are there um it sounds like you've implemented some great resources for your students i'm sure that they are going to love having you as their teacher this year um, but do you have any closing thoughts, anything else that you want to say, any messages to your students or fellow teachers or parents out there? Um, now is the time for <laughs> you to say your piece. Um, I think I would leave with this one thing. My school did this really cool project um, this year, starting back just because we wanted to build um, positive, positivity going back into this school new school year after you know um learning in a pandemic um so we decided to paint our parking spots different colors with di different positive messages so i guess i'll leave with the message that i painted in my parking spot and that was believe in yourself and you are unstoppable signed miss clanton <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much miss clanton Hey, it's Micah McKenzie. I hope you really enjoyed that last episode. If you haven't already, please feel free to follow me on Instagram at Micah Hinton. And be sure to follow the TNT podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts to make sure that you always get a notification when we post a new episode. If you've been enjoying our back to school special, I know that you're going to love next week's episode where we discuss what it's going to be like returning to in-person learning on the college campus. So stay tuned and thank you for listening.